I want to welcome you back to week two, day two of our look at the book of Isaiah. We're looking at Isaiah chapter five these few days. Yesterday, we began to look at the things that have to change if we're going to live the life that God made us to live. Materialism, it has to change. Hedonism, cynicism, those, those big ism words that are all around me selfishly trying to live my little life that I'm creating rather than faithfully trusting God, living the huge vision for my life that he has. These isms get me stuck in me instead of helping me to see all that God wants to do. And they're all caught up in these woes that Isaiah is sharing in this chapter. We looked at three of them. The last three start with the number four is, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And I'd call this one situational moralism. When you decide whatever is good or bad just depends on what I think about it, not what God says about it. In verse 20 of Isaiah chapter 5, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Very short and simple, he's talking about people who live a lie. It's one thing to know what you're doing is wrong. That's one kind of woe in our lives, to feel guilty about it, struggle with it. It's a greater woe to justify what you know is wrong by calling it right. The greatest danger is after a while you start to believe yourself. And we can all see how this happens in our culture. In fact, these words define any culture down through history without God. Those who live in darkness without faith in Christ, they can't help but put darkness for light. They don't have the light of Christ in their lives yet. And so that leads to hopelessness in any culture where people aren't dedicated, committing, giving their lives to Jesus Christ. And most cultures have a lot of people who have not yet become followers of Christ. So you see this in culture very, very easily. But the truth is, you can also see it in our lives. You have to start with each of these in our personal lives, not by looking at other people. So what's God's go in the face of this woe for our lives? Well, the go is personal repentance. It's easy to see the struggles that other people have. What about what's going on in our lives? When I call my selfishness serving God, the reason I'm doing it is because I want to get something out of it. And maybe it's just the affirmation that I need. Maybe it's something monetary that I'm going to get. I don't know what it is, but I know why I'm really doing it. But I call it serving God like I'm just, I just have a pure heart. All I'm doing is serving God. Or when I use my anger to accomplish what might be a good thing, but I hurt an awful lot of people in doing it. You see, we can call evil good and good evil sometimes as well. When I ignore my family in order to do God's work, so I'm, I'm hurting my kids, my wife, my husband, in order to do God's work, change is going to come into our culture, if, if it is going to come, not primarily by Christians telling the culture that they're wrong, but by you and I as followers of Christ giving the example of a repentant heart. Here's the places in my life where I've been acting like what I'm doing is good, but I really know it's out of an evil motivation, where I'm using evil means to try to accomplish God's good in my life. I repent of that. I come to you, God, and I say I'm sorry. Out of that, God can do powerful, powerful things in your life and then in our culture, in your family and then in our culture. So that's the fourth woe. The fifth woe is woe to those who are wise in their own eyes. This is the woe of intellectualism. Verse 21, woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. When you decide that you're pretty wise, that you're awfully clever, look out. Pride goes before a fall. 
And who of us hasn't fallen? Who of us hasn't struggled with pride? The person who would say, I'd never, I've never struggled with pride is probably the most prideful person you're ever going to meet. To go down this road of saying, I'm wise in my own eyes, I'm clever in my own sight, without giving acknowledgement to God, that's having no gratitude for the brain that God gave you. Is the decision that you can do it on your own. When the truth is, we need, we desperately need the wisdom of the Lord. Because our pride cuts us off from God's power. When you trust in your wisdom alone, you cut yourself off from God's greater wisdom that you desperately need. So the go to this one is humility. The opposite of pride is humility. Paul tells us, as he talks about wisdom, that there's not many wise amongst us. That those who feel that they are wise, those who are wise in their own eyes, tend to not come to faith in Christ because they think they can make life work on their own. They don't see the need to depend on God. That's the great danger of this. And James tells us personally, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. He'll give you wisdom. But in order to ask God to give you wisdom, first of all, you have to know that you lack wisdom. If I think I have all the wisdom that I need, I'm never going to ask. And I'm cutting myself off from God's wisdom. If the wisdom you have in your life can't admit that you lack wisdom, then in the end, you're going to have no wisdom at all because we need God's wisdom throughout our lives. So the answer to this is the humility just to admit there's many areas in my life, oh, so many, where I don't have the wisdom to know what I should do or how I should act in that circumstance, but God will give me wisdom. God will work in my life. Then there's a sixth woe that Isaiah talks to us about. In verse 22, he talks about the woe that comes to those who are, the phrase he uses is heroes at drinking wine. This is the woe of populism or popularity without integrity. Verses 22 to 24, woe to those who are heroes at drinking wine and champions at mixing drinks, who acquit the guilty for a bribe but deny justice to the innocent. Therefore, as tongues of fire lick up straw and as dry grass sinks down in the flames, so their roots will decay and their flowers blow away like dust. For they rejected the law of the Lord Almighty. They spurned the word of the Holy One of Israel. So here's a group of people who are known for all the wrong things in their life. But they're very popular, even though they're known for all the wrong things. And the question behind this is, how much of your integrity are you willing to give up for the sake of popularity? You see, what starts in high school, we want to be popular. So we give up our integrity and we go to the party. We give up our integrity and we get involved in things we, we really don't want to be involved in. But it makes us popular. What starts in high school, you'd think would stop there, but it doesn't. It can continue in college, and then it makes its way into our offices, into our neighborhoods, into the group of men or, or women that you hang out with that you want to impress. Heroes at drinking wine. What do you want to be known for? What do you want to be a hero at in your life? And the truth is, popularity is most often built on things that just don't last. How we look, what we drink, the attacking kind of humor that we use with each other. And what happens is the crowd seduces you into building a meaningless life. Yeah, you're popular, but your life has no meaning, no, no significance. All you've got is the popularity. You may be popular, but you have no purpose. And so that's why Isaiah says you, you, you burn like stubble. You're, you're like a decaying blossom. The purpose for which you were created is not being seen in your life. 
The answer to this one, God's go for this one, is purpose, God's purpose in our life. Instead of chasing the crowd, begging for crumbs of affirmation, you start to live in the abundance of God's purpose for your life. And when you do that, you may not, in fact, you won't be popular with everyone, but you will be fulfilled. You will be fulfilled. These last couple days, we've looked at these woes and God's answer to them. Let me just remind us of those as we end before we pray today. The woe of materialism is answered by the go of giving. The woe of hedonism is answered by the go of pleasing God. The woe of cynicism is answered by the go of faith. The woe of situational moralism is answered by the go of a repentant heart. The woe of intellectualism and pride is answered by the go of humility. And the woe of populism is answered by the go of purpose. Let's pray together. Lord, you know our hearts. Of course, we want to live on the go side of that equation. We want to live a life of purpose. We want to live a life of humility. We want to have a repentant heart before you, a heart of faith. We want to please you. We want to give to you and others. So, Lord, that's what we pray for, the strength to do. We need your strength. We need your wisdom. We admit we lack wisdom sometimes in even these simple things. And so we, we head the wrong direction. We get caught up in the wrong things. Father, we need your wisdom to live the life that you've given us to live. And we ask for it today. In your name we ask, amen. Tomorrow we're going to begin our look at what we learned from the day Isaiah met God in the temple.